Okay, we are here. This is wrestling and what's up guys today? We're gonna talk about wrestling and podcasts and In wrestling, there's no shortage of charismatic people who love to talk So the podcast is like a perfect fit for wrestling besides that you had this whole subset of wrestling writers who could post a show right away as the news is hitting you know, back in the day, you'd have to call the 1-900-Observer hotline number for $1.50 a minute and, you know, just to hear who won the show in Japan. But now, it's right away. You can just download the podcast. And, you know, they're great. Uh, the best one is this podcast right now. But mm -hmm. number, one. number one. But when did Red Sling Podcast first appear? What does the current landscape look like? And which direction are wrestling podcasts headed? I will be talking about this and more with you guys and my co-host, the incredible Mr. Justin at In-Ring Art. Justin, how are you and what's going on? Uh, not much. Just another day in LA. Um, had some in and out for dinner. Um, oh. That was pretty good, actually. No Bob's Big and Boys today. In and out today. In and out, yeah. I haven't been to Bob's Big Boy in a long time. Anyways, um, hey, I just wanted to start the show. I had just kind of some of crazy idea. I noticed we're getting some listeners, mm -hmm. more or less. I don't know. So, um, if you follow me at In Ring Art, um, I you know do like a and that's on a Twitter day. and Instagram, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. On Instagrams, where I have a little more of a following, but wherever you want to follow me, or if you already do, I want to give away one of my drawings this week. So nice. all you have to do to win it is take a screenshot on your phone of you listening to the show and just send it to me at in ring art and I'll, you know how many people we get i don't know but i'll randomly and you can someone. even you can even fake it if you want we don't recommend it but go to the <laughs> app open it up go well, halfway they have to through listen the episode to, the show to get this information well they Although, could just go half oh they do have to listen to get this information so they could just however, pause it I now might just post it I might they just could pause post it, it and now. say that. Okay. I'll, I'll tease the show with it as well. But anyway, I'm going to give away. I'll ship it to you free. Everything. This. Well, we're on video. I'm Look at video. that, bro. If, if you're you seeing on... the video, he's got this crazy Finn Balor caricature. It's full demon with full the demon. black and red and the big dreadlocks hanging down. And it's done on Bristol. Nice kind of cardstock paper. I will send this to you. Uh, free shipping, everything. I'll pick a random person. I'll sign it with the in-ring art thing, and that You'll will have be shipped to you. Badass, badass little winner. Finn Balor. If you're a yes. fan of Finn Balor or this podcast, you know you got how much. How much do people pay for these things? Let's be honest here. At the shows, um, I've charged anywhere from twenty-five to forty for my drawings. So you're and getting uh, you're getting a forty dollar value here for free. For a giveaway, so that that's up huge, to, man. Up to forty dollars. I don't know that, that that demon though looks like. I'd I'd probably charge sixty for it because it's got <laughs> it's the demon, you know. It's a rare attraction. It's uh yeah, and also don't forget that uh, USPS eight dollars shipping uh, is going to be taking place Ugh. on it as well. So so like I said, just screenshot that you listened, and if I get like three or four, I'll do some kind of random and I will send it to you. I'll let you, we'll we'll let the Maybe next week's show, we'll announce the winner. Hell yeah. And, uh... It's really that, $8. Or, whatever we'd, or I'll just announce it wherever, and we'll send it out. So it's only, co well, it's only cost me $8 to ship it. But anyway, that's really how the United States only. I love our worldwide audience if we have it. 
but oh. I am only going to ship this domestically to the United but States. But if it is worldwide, you will send them a scanned PDF, right? If somebody from like Japan or worldwide or England, I'll find a way to get something to you. Uh, we might him and I might have to work on shipping together on that one, but uh, we'll <laughs> I'll throw fi- it to we'll Colorado it and you can throw it about another halfway across. We'll yeah, see. anyways, exactly. So, we will do so, something like that. So wrestling and podcast. Um, where to begin? Wrestling and podcasts, which is a little confusing because, and as wrestling and is a kind of a confusing term, wrestling and podcasts is the, kind of the name of our show, but we are talking about wrestling and podcasts, plural, today. And where to begin? Well, before we go on to that, I wanted to ask you what you've been checking out this week. Let's not uh, jump into it too quickly, you, you because I am... I'm like kind of AEW obsessed lately, man. This All Out show and all the debuts and stuff. I'm like, I've been thinking about it constantly, like thinking, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah, I I mean, I've been singing the Lucha Brothers theme in my head every day, and I'm just (laughs) watching Dynamite and Rampage and... You know, I'm at to the point where I'm at work watching. (laughs) Hopefully, my boss isn't listening, but I'm at work watching Rampage. You know, just I gotta see it. So, did you check that stuff out this week? I yeah. So I wanted to ask you. um, You know, one of my good buddies said that he seemed to be a little disappointed in the in the Moxley uh, match with uh, Mm. Suzuki. Um, I think a lot of people are. I think that's really the general consensus. I thought it was fine. I, I. kind of upset they did kind of i think they just it, it became the victim of a mistimed show maybe or something must have run long and i remember looking down before the match started and it was about 12 minutes left in the mm. show and i was like i think they need to give that a little bit more yeah um with entrances and sure enough they cut off Suzuki's entrance mm-hmm. right before the you know right before the Kaze Ninara yeah, they, yeah there were some timing issues there um you know I think that like Nagata and Moxley actually did have a pretty good short match but with with Suzuki it's a little harder uh to make that short match type of thing especially because I'm used to seeing him either in tag matches or long singles matches and so with the short singles match that you know was cut and is the best part of the entrance was cut that does kind of suck. It seems very unnatural to see Suzuki doing something like that. So uh, we're, we're going to get a make good on that probably. We're, they're probably going to do a Moxley tag with whoever his partner may be. I was hoping they'd get Shota back, but I doubt that'll happen. No, um, he's in England and doing his thing, kind of like a Tanahashi kind of look from what I've seen. But He, um, he looks cool, but I mean, I just I can't wait to see that tag also, team. You know, like like the finish was a little abrupt and kind of weird, but I think you know Suzuki got busted open pretty damn. <laughs> yeah, did you see the good. stitches and that he got? He probably like he did. He finished it with like kind of a par a paradigm like suplex, suplex rather than the DDT. Well, some sometimes he though he hits he he hits guys like on their shoulders like that, and I think there was a little over rotation, but. It kind like to me, it's kind of the same move. I heard a lot of people complain about that. Oh, the it was more like a suplex, but I. But just, don't you think maybe he didn't want to drop him right on his head again, where he that had very well could busted be. open, and it was communicated like you know, I'm just gonna suplex you and, and get out of here because he he was busted open pretty good, and I thought their exchanges were pretty solid, and um, 
it, you know, he, the blood came right away and it started it came out quick like once he yeah. once he started bleeding he had bled out all the way down his face immediately it, it looks like he got did he get busted open somehow yeah it's his eye oh oh shit? oh yeah yeah it was something like that dude who knows it was such a weird one he must have got planted right on his face because it's his eyelid bro like his eyelid needed seven stitches or whatever yeah so yeah. or right under his eyebrow so i mean no it was gnarly i mean it was you never know what what can cause those those kind of cuts i mean it's not like he did a dive out the ring and you know it was an in-ring kind of thing and yeah well considering all that stuff happened i thought it was good and i felt like i got uh a good taste of of minora suzuki and they had some of those forearm exchanges and all those things we're kind of used to um but of course you know we're grading these things on a curve because of how much we already defaultly yeah. love Suzuki which, and which the work I, that EW is doing. So. I, I think that we know, though, that like if you really want to show off Suzuki on TV, which is fucking crazy that we are talking about a Suzuki being on a show seen by 1.3 million people, by the way. Can we just stop and say that? like Back in the day, dude, the New Japan fans, they, I think we all had a dream of something like this. And we knew that... like. If the Japanese wrestlers could wrestle the Americans, like like we're talking like WWE guys, I think we knew they would have like amazing matches and shit. But it didn't. Ha John Moxley kind of ripped that open, and now AEW obviously is doing that. So the idea that we're seeing a 1.3 million show with fucking Suzuki. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, as much as we love Suzuki. He, in a way, is kind of a novelty, and he's mid-card Japanese talent. And they made it such a big deal. And what I love about it He may is, be mid-card, but he's a known... He, he's like a respected kind of old-school oh, guy absolutely. that's known for... I'm just saying, you know, this isn't Okada. You know, this isn't... Yeah. They, they, they have the balls to go out there with somebody like Suzuki and play him up enough... So that's why I'm saying, like, there's big things going on in the future. Because I think this isn't going to uh, go unappreciated by New Japan. Oh, for um, sure. Especially putting them in the main event. And then they're doing the make good on it because the match went short. And now they're going to do a tag match. So for sure, dude, I think this looks good. The way they present uh, the New Japan wrestlers, they present them like they're fucking legends. Which the guys he has wrestled have been legends. But when you hear... Excalibur shout about like how Kojima this guy has won this championship and that championship they really put those dudes over and hey, congratulations to Excalibur I think he's been out because he's getting he got, got married. married or something well if so. that's Excalibur's listening uh congrats I love the uh, comment from Tony Schiavone who said yeah it's an awkward wedding because everyone's in masks <laughs> so the, the yeah. wife the husband all that stuff so did you watch uh Pac versus andrade de yes yes and see that's another approach i like what they're doing with um they're really kind of booking uh rampage a lot like a saturday night's main event where they throw the, the main event um right First, away they give it which to is you. awesome huh because you're like it's cool because you're like shit starts at eight i'll get to watch the main event at eight and that is just right. so cool bro you're just like i'm ready to go um i and love that if you and if like some people are maybe tuning in after SmackDown, which ends at ten, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what is it. What is a the time SmackDown slot, here goes from eight to ten Eastern, and then um, 
Rampage starts at 10 Eastern. So you can flip the channel right over to Rampage and you get to see a match that's probably better than anything on SmackDown. Right. So um, if you if you're coming out saying, "Hey man, that was a pretty good SmackDown episode." And then you get hit with what they're doing on Rampage, something hot right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that, that's a good over. way to that's a good way to get people into it too. So uh, good no, on them for that. The and, one hour format is great too, man, because you can you could literally do one match, right? You could do a pay per view level singles match um, on the one hour show. Theoretically, they could have thrown that Suzuki match on first uh, onto. Um, Dynamite. Dynamite. I think yeah. that might have been a little better treatment because right away you hit the Kazi. It, th- let's be honest, like this um, Suzuki stuff isn't really going to be like a, a long term, you no, know. No, he, he's he, it's like an angle. attraction type of thing so, where he comes so in. So I and... thought that would have been maybe the way to open the show. Yeah. Uh, and then they wouldn't have to worry about the timing and everything um, and, you know, just the way it affects the rest of the show. And especially yeah. like Suzuki. And there's maybe there's a language barrier with communication. Um, I don't know how good his English is. Well, but Kenny Omega works there, and so does Nakazawa right, and but, Riho. And um, you know, in in terms of having somebody in the ring. To oh, in in ring. I bet you he communicates yeah. with Moxley pretty well. <laughs> hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me. Um, those two seem like they communicate well i mean that's quite that's one of those questions you don't really know the answer to i would love to know like how easy are the these this wrestler is to communicate with you know? I, I think also um yeah there's i think um a lot of japanese people especially the wrestlers that have traveled all over the world they all know a little bit of english I, i've heard that least. i've heard that like wrestling is generally in english like so and they know everyone uses the same words for moves for the most part Except yeah. Hiromu, for the- Hiromu showed off his English a few weeks ago. Oh, um, did he say welcome? Yeah, I'm not even gonna try to do an impression of that, or I might uh-huh. get in trouble. He he was <laughs> he was uh, you know trying to get a he was like one you know he was he was talking to Robbie Eagles about getting that time uh, with the belt, and it was you know he had a little bit of English. There you go. There's Al Snow done. Al Snow in the purple and black with head. It's a nice drawing. Uh, Al Snow. <laughs> Look at the hair on head. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Um, I use colored pencil mostly for my hair for some reason. Um, it's just what you do, man. So, yeah, that pretty much... Andrade, great match. Um, those guys are awesome. Uh, what did we... You know, You know. this is, for me, this is the thing. I, I always like to believe I'm not a move guy. Like, that, like, I'm not like... It's not about the moves. It's about the story. You know what I, uh, you know what I mean? I can watch old 80s wrestling and love it for the pops and the story. But for this time, I actually, with Andrade, I think like I'm kind of a moves guy with him. Because when he brought out his real lucha moves for the first time in a while, that's where I was started to be like, oh, this is legit. You know, the twisting plancha off the top. Or that DDT where he swings around and does the DDT on the on the rope apron or on the edge of the ring. Um I loved his moves in this match, man. They were sick. Like, he pulled out some sick stuff. And, you know, his little Naito, Los Ingobernables, uh, you know, lay in the middle of the ring, hand mm-hmm. under the head, and the and the salute kind of thing. He actually looked really cool, dude. And I'm sure they're going to get him with Ric Flair soon, right? That's the next logical step. Um. Well, now that he's uh, ditched Chavo. Uh, Chavito, so, yeah, we'll sucks see what for happens Ch- there. Sucks for Chavo, though. He'll probably be off TV, huh? 
Uh, we, we'll see. I mean, he might just take somebody that's going to try and get revenge on Alitalo, or maybe he'll... I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't know Puck if he's, like, officially all elite. Well, he's, I, he's like, one of my all-time favorites, dude. He's, like... I've seen him live and stuff. He's absolutely... Well, I call him Pac, and I think most people call him Pac, but I think officially it's Pac. It's Pac. Well, yeah, because we see the PAC and we, we go by Tupac, But I But guess. he but was anyway. called Pac in Japan back in the day, and that's what everyone right. calls him. So, Tupac. So, yeah, right. So, yeah, I, I actually really uh, think he's great, too. But I, I, I don't know. I think his push and his uh, standing has been a little bit affected by the travel situation. Um. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and he is mid, with getting. He is a little mid card. I, I mean, I don't mean little. I mean he is a mid card wrestler, and um, but he does play his role so well. And whenever he's called to, for the most part, he shows up, and you know, hopefully, I'd love, I'd love to see him in the main event scene eventually, wouldn't you, Pac? It's, yeah, it's I mean, so crowded I, right now, but I mean, I guess eventually, we, didn't we have that triple threat a month ago or two with Kenny and him and Orange Cassidy for the title. Probably. Yeah, I think that it was one of those many great. good matches that were. I just flew by me, and I don't remember them. Yeah, um, so that's that's where Pac and Miro for that TNT title. I know we mentioned mm. something about that last week. Sounds like a pretty damn good match to me. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. I, I mean. And, you know, eventually we want to talk about, we want to do an episode on NXT, and we'll have a lot more to say about Pac then, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, he looked great, and, yeah, man, it's just really good, really good stuff going on right now with AEW, and I, I, I think that's cool. I heard Ariel Hawani. Do you know who how Hawani is? Yeah, he's an MMA writer yeah. for ESPN, right? I think he does his own thing now. He might work with ESPN now, but he he's jumps around. But, uh, you know, like the Dave Meltzer of MMA, even though Dave Meltzer does MMA, but you get what I'm saying. Um, he says, like, wrestling is way hotter than MMA right now. Wrestling is just super hot right now, dude. And, you know, why is that? It's pretty much because of AEW, dude. And it's moving the needle. And for fans, all our dreams are coming true. <laughs> We're going to get to see... Uh, Brian go against all these guys, and it's just it's well, awesome, dude. I I think with a few exceptions, um, you know, I'm not an MMA MMA. Eh. MMA. I can't get it out. MMA. I'm not an MMA. 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 I'm not a mixed martial arts guy. Like I don't really. Ooh, good way uh, of uh, extending the phrase instead yes. of using the acronym and, and sounding smarter at the same yes, time. Yes, exactly. Um, and more professional. Um, never really been a big mixed martial arts guy. I'll okay. Say it again. Um, I don't know why, but like, um, I mean, I've seen some of the fights. Sure, I'm impressed. There, it's you know, but I, I, I don't know. I don't really want to see people really hurting each other on purpose. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe that's it. And you watch New Japan? Yeah, at least but the that, old I mean, school stuff. It's 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, um, it is. They are. There's an agreement between the competitors. Consent, yeah, I guess there's consent. Say. Well, yeah, yeah that, that's well, that's a way to put it. But yes, I get what you're saying. These like, guys are trying to injure each other. The whole goal is that, to injure. The whole yeah, goal is to injure. To injure, to debilitate enough to where you they cannot fight anymore and you mm -hmm. win. That's and, and yeah. that's not what they do in New Japan. They no. hurt each other just saying we're trying. You know, I'm but not going to try to put and on kill a good you. show. It's part of exactly. the performance. Yeah. So, well, that and MMA, like. We know we got those Conor McGregor's. At one point, you had the Ronda Rousey's, but 
there's not a lot of Brock like, stars. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah right now, you're right. Yeah. Right now, they're... And it's been like that for a while outside of when Conor McGregor would fight. I, you um, know, I guess Conor we... McGregor to get like a big matchup would have to. I mean, I know there's some guys he fought that, you know, would beat him and whatever. But to actually like pull down like pop culture and all kinds of things, he had to go fight somebody that wasn't even an MMA fighter. Well, I think he became a very big way before that. I mean, that right, was just but I'm part just of saying, the whole. The biggest, like most bought fight was probably him and Mayweather, right? In the last five years, probably. So it wasn't even a, even a UFC fight, and I just don't think the UFC, especially if Conor McGregor, who's there? I don't even know who they're top. Like, well, who, look, I mean, I'm not an I, MMA I, fan, but I, like, I, I get, who's I get, their top guy right now that is pulling people in to watch? John Jones, Conor McGregor, Justin Gaethje, I think. Isn't John Jones the same guy that's been suspended numerous times for? Yeah, that was a while various- ago. That was a while ago. He'll uh, he'll be okay. fighting soon. Um, then there, Amanda Nunes. Um, she's okay. incredible. I've heard of her. Uh, sure. Masvidal is pretty famous, and he's really good. When's um, the last time any of these guys have had Diaz? Fights? The Diaz brothers—they've all fought in the last year. So, are, are they at the level of CM Punk? No, I mean most of them aren't, except you know Conor McGregor and stuff like that. And you're right—they they have a lack of stars right now. There's no Brock Lesnar. They they're trying to make people that way. Well, and if you but, go back to the you know. 10, 15 years ago, there's no Randy Couture, there's no um, Tito Ortiz, George there's St. no Pierre. Yeah, there's there's no none of those guys that were all Ken Shamrock, even if you want to go far enough back. Um, there's but, none of but, those household names uh, that they they've struggled to have that, with the exception of like Conor McGregor. I think be, that you being out of the loop a little bit hurts that, and yeah, you kind of are. Sure. If you're in okay. the loop, Tell you know that, all then, the names, yeah. but you got to yeah. understand numbers speak, and like when McGregor fights. The pay-per-view buys are fucking way higher than anything in wrestling. Way higher than oh, than yeah. CM Punk on All Out. Like we're talking yeah. in up I'm to not, like I a million buys. I don't doubt it, but they're not doing any. They're not doing stuff like this once a month. Uh, not every. They do have shows every month, and they sell out arenas almost every month. But no, they aren't the mainstream thing. But I don't think wrestling's had that in a long time either. I mean, for some WrestleManias, you would get that, right? You'd get like the big, especially the one between Cena and The Rock. That was like the biggest WrestleMania ever, or something like that. I, I, I like think pay per view. AEW by-wise. is starting to pull in that lapsed fan. I don't know. They're if pulling they're them in a lot harder. That's for they're sure. They're definitely not maybe making new fans per se but they are pulling in laps fans um, you know what man i th- yes i think they're making new fans I'm like my sister is not a laps fan she never liked it now this is just personal reporting but i know a few people that like got pulled into this i mean but i'll tell you this dude i saw one of my coworkers, my old coworkers today uh he's this older dude in his 50s i saw him at walmart and he came up to me and he said, can you believe they put Suzuki on Dynamite? Those NJPW motherfuckers are going to get in there. Because he used to watch New Japan on TV. He's never seen a New Japan pay-per-view. He, he, except what they would show on Axis. Yeah. So he's like so excited. He's like, I can't believe they brought fucking Suzuki, bro. This is so sick. But, uh... Yeah, man. AEW definitely making waves. And yes, they are pushing into the mainstream, especially with CM Punk. And people are talking about it. And it's awesome. And I hope it continues. Well, the thing is, too, people are talking about it. And if the Laps fans and people like us are really playing it up, 
then it's going to get out there in Twitter and people are going to see the clips and stuff like that. And, um, you know, people really haven't been that excited about if WWE was doing the same thing with just giving people what they want and doing all this exciting stuff, they would be getting a lot of traction on, you know, social media and all that Making stuff. Making new stars. Ricochet with a manager could have been a star. Um, you know, Finn Balor could have been bigger, but they uh, they have their other choices. So well, anyway, I'm just know. saying that uh, I you agree. Know, with AW you. with that mix of pulling in laps fans, because uh, those laps fans are people that are 35 to 40. These are people that are, if not at their peak in their earning uh, money earning true. levels, they're, totally they're reaching it. Or they have disposable income and they can make their own decisions with their money, good or bad. And they're the ones yeah. buying T-shirts and merchandise. Um, you know. And I think that I, I I thought I heard this. If someone correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the AEW shows are making um, real good merch money per head. So this follows what you're saying. And in fact, I think they've done better than a lot of WWE shows. As funny as, as part of as far as merch per, money per head goes well if you have a new cm punk shirt then uh by the way oh shit to score one nice um, i had the idea to you know work with uh, some people going to chicago um they that know, wasn't they, from they the wrestling that. trader the master wrestling trader what's his name again wrestling for sale no, not from wrestling for sale not from the good old ted i actually um I'll just keep it anonymous, but basically okay. somebody that was in Chicago for the weekend and wow. they were kind enough to hook me up with uh, a CM Punk shirt. And of course I paid them and sent them a, a work of art for their troubles, Sweet. but it just got the ringer tea. So, and I think I might have another one coming too. Cause I uh -oh. asked a bunch of people, a couple people to didn't do ask it. the <laughs> wife to get that purchase. <laughs> anyway, it's all for art. So it's okay. Um, <laughs> That's how he justifies it. That's good. That's good bartering so anyway um cool yeah well of course they, i am i'm rocking my kenny omega shirt today shout outs to kenny omega well, and you're rocking your super kick i thought that was a stranger things shirt legit no no super kick things um i bought this from the young bucks oh cool at battle of los angeles 2016 hell yeah one and it, it's i've it's got a hole in oh. the it's ripped and faded so good it's work kind shirt of my, it's my my lounge shirt. It's my home shirt, um, pajama shirt, if you will. Awesome! I've that worn it to the ground. You've worn it to the ground, and it'll keep getting worn to the ground, as long as it washes. Still, right? As, as long, long as, as it, it washes. washes, and still like can fit on a body, um, I'll probably keep this one. Um, anyway, we should probably we're thirty minutes in. We should probably. I was hit about up our to segue. Topics. I was about to segue yeah. with a terrible okay, segue. I was gonna okay. say, you know what else fits on the body? Headphones. And what do you use Ooh. headphones for? To listen to podcasts a lot of times. So and and do them as well. And make podcasts. Well, you're listening to my voice, but that is that works, right? Okay, cool. So we're gonna talk a little about podcasts here. Before podcasts, we have this idea, which I haven't confirmed, and. I need to confirm, and no one's told me otherwise, but there may have been, like, wrestling radio things on the internet in the 90s. We're, we're pretty sure that existed. I couldn't find it. But there was definitely wrestling audio on the internet a long time ago, um, whether it be recaps of shows and stuff like that. 
Before that, though, you had the aforementioned one nine hundred numbers. Did you ever call one of those? Because I wasn't in the weeds enough to even know that they had one nine hundred numbers for wrestling. I I, I would have been I in so much I, trouble. I never ever even occurred to me to want to call any one nine hundred number for whatever reason. I just it was never uh, interested as a kid in doing that. So. Um, I, I was interested when it was like the porn ones. I just wanted to see like what they would say. That was funny. But uh, when we're talking about wrestling one nine hundred, they uh, they had like the Wrestling Observer one, and they had the Torch one. You know, you every day at like it was like Wrestling Observer Live, but it cost you a dollar fifty a minute. I don't think I would have done that. Yeah, I I never had any interest in 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 that. Um, but we were kids I, too. I I vaguely remember. Maybe WCW doing maybe some type of, um, uh, you know, internet telecast of, of, yeah. of a show or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I know that there was something um, online uh, that was audio only, um, mm-hmm. which I guess is the basic description of what a podcast is. So, And, and um, we got we kind of got in this confusion on our internet episode, too, of like, what right. is a podcast, right? Um, I know that if you consider a podcast like a type of radio, you can go back to the early 90s, and John Arezzi had a wrestling spotlight radio show with Vic Venom. Do you know who Vic Venom is? Yeah, it's uh, Vince Russo. Vince but, Russo. Um, but the thing is, I guess the word pod, that would have to be the advent of iPods. iPod. And, and so podcasts, would... the word podcast was invented by Apple, I believe. And it was started on their iTunes service back in the early 2000s. I, I remember that. And we talked about this on the last show, but again, no one heard it. When was the, Do you remember when you first started listening to podcasts or, or first even heard of them or used them? I the first podcast I listened to was probably circa two thousand six two thousand seven, and that would be Kevin Smith's Modcast. Kevin Smith has he been doing that show for that fucking long? Yes, he has. Wow, I Kevin haven't listened Smith. In years, but yeah, I listened to uh, what was his one called like. Shut up, Kenny and Dave, or something like that. Do you know that Shut show up at Steve all? Dave. Steve Dave. Shut up, yeah. Steve Dave. I listened to yeah. that. It was pretty funny, but you got to be in their world to really like those guys. You yeah, be- you know what happened is like you stop for a while, and then you have to do a lot of catch up to get back into it. And I listened to them. Pr- you know what happened was I was a hardcore, and still I still love Kevin Smith. I even see him in my neighborhood from time to time. Um, Shout out, Kevin Smith. Know, yeah, big fan of his. Clerks is on my top five favorite movies of all Batman time. Batman writer Kevin Smith. And uh, numerous other things. Um, but I think around the time I started to get back into wrestling, I kind of sac- I kind of uh, pushed the Kevin Smith universe out in mm. a way. You had your uh, WWE not, not, universe now. And then I jumped into the, yeah, the pro wrestling WWE universe I got back into. And then, of course, it's evolved to what we're doing now. Um, so... That was the first one, and I've probably dabbled in so many, and um, now it's just like pure wrestling podcast is all I listen to. It's really weird and kind of sad, but that's the way it is. <laughs> it's not, and at least I'm doing most one podcasts. Most pod, most podcasts are actually not good. I mean, there's a lot of good podcasts nowadays, better than ever. But the problem is, I'm not interested in most of them. You know, so a lot of wrestling for me, some video game stuff. And then some comedy, you know, but I don't need a hard news or a baseball podcast or fucking, I, I even did a linguistics podcast for a while. That was pretty, actually pretty good, but uh, a lot of wrestling nowadays. So. But uh, also, I guess you can talk about the 
the advent of internet radio as being kind of the precursor to podcast. I mean, I well, didn't Mark Cuban like make most of his you know beginning fortune through off internet, of internet radio? radio? I don't know. I don't um, know if Mark. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I definitely know I was definitely listening to internet radio in the early 2000s before podcasts. Um, my first podcast was 2005, and I think we both had the little iPods, right? Ma- mini iPod Mini back then, or was it the I, Nano? I I had the iPod Mini, and then I had the mini. iPod Video, and I think even oh in god, like that was so expensive back then, bro. iPod yeah. Video cost like four or five hundred like bucks, bucks, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now it's um, just and, nothing. And then I remember uh, I probably bought it with like my financial aid from college or something. Yeah, me um, too. And then I even had one of those Dell ones in like 2004, an MP3 player. Mm, but I don't I, think I was listening to podcasts yet. I actually bought a Sony MP3 player in like 2008. You know what I'm saying? I thought it'd be great. It was like the non-iPod. It sucked compared to an iPod though. But I listened to a lot of podcasts on it and i'd have to run to my computer download them on my computer pull out the mp3 player you know there was no mobile like i can't just it's it's crazy the world we live in now i just hit a button and i get my podcast so um the earliest so from what i see like when we're not talking about wrestling radio and wrestling internet shows run by wcw in the 90s and stuff um it looks like Wrestling Observer and Figure Four Online, specifically Brian Alvarez and Figure Four Online, they started very early. Um, kind of when the wave of podcasting first started, they were doing Figure Four Online in 2005. So, mm. okay, okay, yeah, they uh, that checks out with around the time that podcasts in general were starting to mm-hmm. um, become in in the world. So, yeah, yep, and I've you know I pay for Wrestling Observer. I've gone back and listened, and it is funny because. Brian Alvarez sounds like a whole different person back then. He sounds like a nerd, you know? His voice is so different. He doesn't have his radio voice back then. He's kind of, you know, just talks like this, you know? Um, But I heard them talking about Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. (laughs) So, uh, great memories there. It seems like, just in general, being an L.A. person, that uh, the podcast is the new uh, Mm. screenplay. So, oh, oh, oh you got to check out my podcast. You got to check out yeah. my podcast. It's with have the you waiter. Seen my screenplay. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. I, I feel like it's been that way like for a while because what, what do they say? Music and podcasts, they're so easy to create, but they're hard to actually make good ones. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. everyone. Same with screenplays, I guess. Well, I, I've written a screenplay. Screenplays, yeah. You, you, yeah you years just, ago, but yeah, we all have one in LA. It's like a In LA, every. Has a screenplay. Everyone is trying to get their SAG after card. Fucking, that's another thing, right? Like, oh, are you SAG? Well, are you SAG? If you're trying to be an actor, but um, yeah. But there, yeah, you probably live around the biggest community of actors in the world, besides like fucking, you know. No, you you do, you do. You live in the biggest community of actors in the world. So, every waiter and waitress you talk to. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the podcast. The podcast is the new screenplay um by the way back then they had the brian vinney show still running that today and check this out this is really cool adam and mike mike sempervivi from wrestling observer live and adam i don't remember your last name adam they had the adam and mike show in 2006 and that show was just about japanese wrestling in 2006 how ahead of the curve were these guys they're watching freaking you know 
Noah in 2006 and talking about it on a podcast. Sweetie, I'm doing so, a podcast. I think if you're going to go to sleep, that is really okay. cool, man. Um, after that, for a long time, as Justin is screaming at his family members in silence. No, not screaming, um, just quietly telling my son he should go to bed. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's not what I seen you say. I saw shut the f up, get your little ass to bed. I saw lip. I saw your mouth. I saw your mouth go. So, what what do you think? Like, okay, so those started in two thousand five, and it was five years until I'd say the next big podcast came out because wrestling podcasts from 2005 to even 2013, 14 really weren't that big of a deal. Would you agree with that? Like they weren't as big as they got for sure. Well, I'll just put it this way. Like I was still in my lapse time as a fan. So I wasn't pursuing the world of wrestling podcasts at that time. So I wasn't really getting into wrestling podcasts until a little bit after I started getting back in as a fan. Yeah, uh, and I was kind of that way too. However, here's the this is cool that I did this, so we can talk about it now. In 2009, 10, 9 10, somewhere around there, I was looking for podcasts on my uh, Sony player, you know, and I actually looked up wrestling podcasts, said, fuck it, why not? And I could only find one that was really well known, and it was called The Art of Wrestling by this guy I never heard of named <laughs> Colt Cabana. So, right, right. Very old podcast from Colt Cabana, who wasn't in the WWE, because if he was, they would not have allowed to have been making that podcast, right? right I mean, let's right. be honest here. When and did he start it? Because there was a time when he was in the WWE, right? I think he started in July of 2010. Oh, okay. So well so, after his WWE days. Yeah, um, I think I have that. It might be longer, because this guy says for over 20 years. Oh, no, that's how long he's been a wrestler for. But July 2010, and I've mentioned this to you, but I listened to an episode back then, and it was about a guy I've never heard of named CM Punk, and he was explaining to um, Cole Cabana how he hates fans that come up to him at the airport, and he was a total dick, dude. I got a really bad vibe from the guy, and... Uh, you know, he said, oh, the, uh, he likes the children, but not when fucking normal people, you know, bother him. So, well, he well, never amounted in anything anyway. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I him. know. Fuck him. <laughs> fuck that guy. Well, you know, now that we know about his WWE career, you kind of maybe you understand where some of the nastiness was coming from. That was early in it. Yeah, because no, because he was pretty close to being in the main event in 2010. In 2011, he was when he was against Cena. So maybe he was depressed. It's a possibility. That right. was the summer of punk, right? 2011. What That's they what they it. say. The pipe bomb. So, baby. yeah, I, I probably caught on with Colt Cabana around 2014-ish. Um, so how, what do you think of his podcast? A little quick little review, because I didn't really listen to it, but I've heard it, it, it was beloved. It was great. It was really great because I got introduced to a lot of people on the indie scenes, and then he would all out of nowhere bring somebody like Edge in there. Um, oh, so he was allowed to have WWE people on the show? It oh, was they during his retirement. Yeah, mm. so there, he would have like random guys. Um, maybe like a... I don't know if he had anyone like Booker T or... Guys that were kind of in and out. Mm -hmm. um, I think he might have had some WWE stars because that was a time, you know, in that range of time, WWE didn't really care if someone just went on a random podcast. Okay. So there was times when he was able to get some. I just liked his conversational style. 
and I think he's kind of a natural. Um, he's got a good natural voice. interviewer, natural yeah. speaker. Uh, he he he's able to relate and like get good things out of everyone because he has a very like low key, like just um, you know even keel demeanor. Yeah, that you can't get mad at the guy. He's not confrontational with these people. He speaks so casually to them, and, and unless really you owe him. Unless you owe him money for... I wouldn't f- want fees. him doing like a hard-hitting interview, but he really does just get... He's just a really good, natural, casual talker to people. And he has got yeah. a really great voice for radio and all that stuff. And so a comfortable, like, kind of a relaxing voice with a good interview style and I like, always a light-hearted it like, theme. It was like an inside-the-actor's studio um, Yeah, I could see that for wrestling. ...style. Yeah, like let's talk about your career. How did you get into this? How what's next? And well, um, and you got to think about this with kayfabe and stuff like that. Being that it was one of the first popular podcasts, it's pretty cool to hear these wrestlers talking about wrestling stuff. Um, they, I'm sure they talked about backstage locker room type of stuff that you weren't gonna hear from anyone else, you know, except the news places. So and I, I understand. Just saying, like back to the inside the actor studio, like. Way less pretentious version of that, by the yes. way. It's just, you Hopefully. know. Yeah. Hopefully much more pretentious than that. I mean. Less. <laughs> yes, less pretentious. And, you know, that one was so pretentious that they had to make fun of it on Saturday Night Live, which is even better than the actual show when they do the Saturday Night Live sketch with Will Ferrell. Did you ever like that one? Yeah. Did you ever I, see that I, one? I've seen some, yeah. I, I actually thought that was funny. Um, what is your favorite curse word? Okay. Um. I think that might be a real question, though, on the show. No, huh? I think he has asked it before, yes. Like, the best fuck. one, I, I've seen bits and pieces, but the Dave Chappelle one was always the best one that stood out in my mind. They did, uh... So, you know, there's some major celebrities in this audience for those shows. Did you know that? Uh, that that were at, aspiring actors back then. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen yeah. those clips, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Um... So, yeah, we had that Art of Wrestling podcast. Wish I would have listened to it more, but uh, I did not. Um, 2013, a podcast that I think is important came out, and that is Talk is Jericho. Um, this is when we start getting mainstream WWE or former WWE stars making podcasts that start doing huge numbers. So, um, Talk is Jericho, been around for a long time. It's a good show. You know, we, we have a lot of wrestling talk on there. So one of the most important podcasts ever, I think, that I'll mention later is from that Talk is Jericho. Now, of course, with Talk of Jericho, you're also going to get um, the interviewer with the drummer for Sticks, And you're also going to get an interview with the guy who saw Bigfoot in 1984. Um, how do you feel about those shows? I don't listen to them. So I, I, I think I might have listened to some of the random ones, but... Um, Ever since I've I, I love Chris Jericho and I'm still a fan of his. I love watching him on AEW and stuff like that. Even as he's in the twilight of everything, I still love the guy and I loved him in '98 and all that stuff. But as I started finding out kind of little things about you know his personal stuff, I like kind of faded away from listening to the show altogether. Mm. Um, I want to say maybe the last episode I really listened to was the one with Brody. Lee? That was a great episode, and I have that listed down here as one of my yeah. favorite episodes. That was awesome. And, and uh, eye I, opening. 
Yeah, and he's had a lot of. He's another guy that's actually a really good interviewer, and he um, <laughs> love it or hate it, the way he works in the ads are kind of funny because he makes it seem like that, it's part that's of the interview. That's the classic not. joke: is that he'll be like, "Well, that sucks that your parents were killed, but let's talk about some steaks, Omaha steaks," you know. Speaking and it's of like, being burnt at the stake uh, yeah. about your parents, which I'll, I'll ask you about later. Um, have you Tell had Omaha that. steaks? Yeah. 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 It, 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 he's gotten better, but like back in the day, you could clearly hear where the cut was too. So he'd be like, you know, he'd be like, well, that's really great. And that's really great too. But let's talk about, and it's just yeah. like, let me oh, talk come about on, so, dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A little um, unique style, uh, still much better than Renee Paquette's podcast, which is about 40 minutes of commercials. But, uh, talk I've never Jericho. listened to hers. It's I've good. I've been it's, tempted, but I've it's never. It's really I've good. Always, it's just so so many commercials. Like there's like one. Wade Keller's. Like Wade Keller's old shows, yeah. Where, but but his ones, he was at least you could pay for them, right, and get right. no commercials. But uh, uh, there, you can't pay for this one and get no commercials. So, Renee, if you're listening, give us the no commercial, and uh, people will pay you. I, not me, but someone. Ren- so. Renee, I've been meaning to listen to it. Um, sorry. She's she for, she forgives you. It's really good because you get to hear about John Moxley at home, which is always fun. And she's a nat- she's a natural interviewer, man. She's a natural uh, at uh, you know making people comfy, and uh, everyone loves her. So it's good good podcast. Um, by the way, we're t- on a little side thing. I got to tell you real quick. I used to write for a wrestling website that was started by Wade Keller called wrestling podcasts right and i would interview um or excuse me review podcasts for this website you know what i'm saying so i'm trying to see if i can well he's he hired someone to be my boss right so i talked to wade keller to get the gig and then um i communicated with an editor right who would okay i can't well that's i looked up john n's been wrestling podcast and our show came up number one on google so that's kind of nice um anyway i can't find it but i wrote a review for jim jim Cornette's show back in the day and i absolutely hated it even though i actually kind of like jim Cornette. um it was terrible and so there you go guys i am a podcast reviewer i think back in the day wade keller thought that he could make money from a website that just did synopsis of podcasts but it it failed because you know what people just want to listen to the podcast there was uh, an idea my friend had is that you should do a podcast that just talks about like a weekly round off of wrestling podcasts yeah yeah well the thing is though now wrestling podcasts have just become general news right so if something crazy happens in the podcast it's going to be on the the front of the wrestling observer it's going to be on the front of figure four online all that stuff which is wrestling observer but so the podcast is news so it's it's hard to just do a roundup because everyone knows that stuff already but that's uh that's neither here nor there Soon after Talk is Jericho in 2014 was the Steve Austin show, which for its 14, 14, we have December, which I thought was another awesome WWE star show that uh, had a great run. I liked it. Did you listen to that one? Yeah, I did on and off. Um, did you listen to when he'd have the show with his wife only? Uh, occasionally, yes. 
they were actually pretty good still. Like no, he he I I loved him telling stories about like there was one where he you know hurt him. I can't remember what it was, but he he uh, somehow injured himself in the shower and using the soap or something like that. Where he was, they were filming one of the the uh, those shows he with the competition shows he was doing, and he was. Staying mm. somewhere in the desert, and there was yep, heat. Yep. He he was doing the Stone Cold Challenge or whatever, right? And, and he got stuck or up his it was butt Red Redneck Island because he did both yeah. of those. But uh, right. yeah, and he was living in his trailer for a while and stuff. I do remember that. For and sure. another guy that is just a natural storyteller, and uh, you know he wouldn't be afraid to drink a couple beers when he was doing it, and just kind of loosening himself up and. Uh, yeah, another guy that's just kind of a natural. Didn't imagine that in 1997, 1998, that he'd just be this natural talker in terms of just casually, mm-hmm. you know, shooting the shit and stuff like that. So yeah, um, he's definitely good, and he would do it at his house. And you know, Maria I love how he, he he like blatantly says to he's like, I have no memory. My memory fucking sucks. I can't remember matches. So it's just funny because they'll be like, you remember this in the Chicago fucking Rosemont? He's like, no dude like i've been dropped on my head so many times yeah and no no that's definitely was a good show um and then occasionally he would have like people i have no idea who they were or they weren't in the wrestling world and i unless it was someone i like was interested in uh hearing him interview or knew i would just mm-hmm. not i would avoid it so uh you know yeah squeeze other it, stuff it, in. It, it was a good show i kind of wish he still did it but i think he gets paid from wwe to do his podcast on the network now right and, and those are so, relatively good for what they are i've watched they the, are good the, the kevin uh, nash one i thought it was pretty good um i watched the undertaker the one, watched. one the bobby lashley one i watched the v- vince mcmahon one which was like that was the first one i think that I one was like really important one. The Chris Jericho one I saw where they let him uh-huh. do Jericho. And that was recent, fairly recent to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the last one that I, the only one I can think of that was just really bad was, was the, was the, well, at the time, the Dean Ambrose one. Um, I didn't but, listen to uh, it, but people told me, why was it so bad? Was it awkward or it was awkward and uncomfortable and he just was, was not, Ambrose being a dick. Because it would have to be. I don't know if I would call it being a dick, but it'd be one of those things where, let's say, before a show, you go over with some stuff and say, "Hey, man, I don't really want to talk about this topic. Um, Mm. I know that's probably something you're going to want to ask me about, like my upbringing or my parents or whatever. But I really don't want to talk about my parents. So it's just like how I don't like you talking about my history and who I. Yeah. Okay, I get it. So then. And then, like, during the interview, I bring up your parents. Like, how would you react to that? It was I, I don't know. It, that's what it felt like it was. It felt like mm. he started asking questions that he must have told somebody, maybe a producer or somebody that he wasn't didn't, he didn't feel comfortable do. or didn't want to talk about. Um, and, and that's... Yeah, because how just, do you fuck it, it was that awkward. up, dude? Yeah, it was awkward. But, I mean, some people might find that stuff entertaining, so I don't know. But, well, um, it was it was widely panned. People said it was yeah. awkward, and it was even brought up by Paul Heyman on WWE TV, I think, once. He said, like, he was talking shit to Ambrose and said, like, yeah, you know, you can't even... I don't remember the insult, but he said something. It might have been on stage 
on like an interview. But uh, so, yeah, I, I heard about that. There's been some good ones, though. He even came back and un- uh, unretired the show a few times in the past year, couple years. His one with Mark Henry was great, which made me, I was like, it was so good that I was like, Mark Henry is going to be an awesome guy in AEW, but he don't really say a whole lot. So, um, and he would have some guys that were big on the indies on the show, and you could tell the guys were so like thrilled that Stone Cold wanted to have him on his podcast. Dude, you and should see was, the good, cool the good, stuff. the Good Brothers episode. Those guys are so happy, and they're like, those guys are like, in a way, like their personality is kind of like Steve Austin. They like drinking, fucking having fun, cracking jokes, and I mean that episode was like your face hurts because you're smiling so much afterwards, you know. And I think he might even have like guys like Rocky Romero on separately. I don't know if he had Rocky. He might have had Rocky. He Romero. was Rocky Romero was with them during that, but he meant talk to him a little bit, you know. But he was there, but he was just like bringing them there. I think. Right. Um, but yeah, Stone Cold. What was the like first wrestling Where podcast? Stone Cold I think live? we established that. Um, uh, I think Marina Del Rey. Marina Del like Rey. In, that's right. He's and in, uh, and uh, Vegas I, now. I think. Vegas. Oh yeah, Nevada. Sorry, he moved yeah. from Texas. So, he, dude, fucking owns like massive ch- ranches and fucking. He just hunts on his own land. He's like, fuck it, I'll just raise my yeah, deer here. Get away from people, man. I get it. Um, yeah. But hey, quick question, by the way, was. Do you remember that uh, Wrestling with Shadows? You had me watch it. And there's that thing where you see Steve, a- Steve, all f- Steve Austin all fucked up walking to the back, and you can tell he's in legit pain. That wasn't the uh, pile driver botch, was it? Because it was, it was like, it seemed like it was at night when they had all the crowd, inter- the Hart family interfere, and like the drink was thrown on Owen Hart. But after the match, they might have even like edited it different, but. You see Steve being carried to the back and like fucking like two refs and Pat Patterson are like carrying him to the back. When did that uh, did that take place in 97 or 90? No, it was it had to be 97. Like early 97 maybe. Yeah. Like, I don't, I was just wondering if that was know, or do you think he got stretchered out when he had his Let me look that up because that's very obviously very important in the timeline of Steve Austin. Yeah, Steve Austin's injury. Uh, okay, I got a picture here of Owen Hart. Four of the worst Steve Austin injuries. Wow. August 3rd, 1997. Steve Austin broke his oh, neck winning Summer the Slam ice. Oh, SummerSlam 97. So it was after the match with Bret Hart at WrestleMania. But this was right before. Uh, this was right before uh, the Montreal Screwjob, right? Like literally months, two months before. It, it was months before, so and it was obviously very important because Austin getting injured might have forced them to go revisit the Michaels and Bret Hart thing. Mm, yeah. So maybe that was man. Maybe that was that that shot in Wrestling with Shadows is him getting. Uh-huh. Fucking carried to, to the be. back. I think because it was because it looked brutal, dude. He was like limping and shit. And I remember they go like, "God, dude, like this looks." He looked like a New Japan wrestler coming out of the ring with all the young boys on him and shit. Because I think the main event of that WrestleMania was was um, you know the old Heart and Soul with uh, the main event was Undertaker and Bret Hart with Shawn Michaels as the guest referee. Mm. Yep. Mm, I yep. think that was it. 
All right. Well, there we got that out of the way. So let's uh, let's move on here real quick. So we we talked already about art of wrestling, but you want to talk about like important episodes. This could be one of the most important podcasts ever, and that's the CM Punk episode. And isn't it fun to be talking about CM Punk knowing we can watch him next week? Anyways, side thing. Um, instead of years before, but. Punk broke his silence, uh, talking about his exit from WWE. He said he was suspended for two months and that they hand him his papers on his wedding. And then uh, they said they rushed his injury, had him wrestle before he was fully recovered, and that he felt stifled and uh, all sorts of stuff. He never got that spot he wanted to, which was WrestleMania main event. And he had no passion for wrestling when he uh, quit. So... You know, I can't uh, think of very many podcasts, not just wrestling, just overall, that it resulted in court cases like this. It resulted in court cases. It resulted in friends not being friends anymore. Lawsuits. I mean, lawsuits. This is not just a important episode in the study of podcast history, but just I mean, wrestling podcast history. But yeah all podcasts or in all uh, of wrestling too it was quite a thing because this was punk um years after he left wwe and he was kind of finally speaking his his truth and yeah it resulted in him getting and forgive me for the exact uh term but it was like a defamation type of thing from the the doctor doctor at wwe and cm punk won right um he did yeah, so not after paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees, though, and of course, uh, you know, Colt Cabana had to pay legal fees as well, and then there was a split between Colt and Punk over legal fees, so uh, more fallout from that, which we talked about last week on the show about Punk's relationship with Cabana, and we hope it is better, or at least amicable. Um, so, yeah, that was a crazy one, man. Uh, at, you know... Another important one for me was the emancipation of John Moxley, May 29th, 2019. You had that in the Wade Keller interview soon after. What did that episode uh, show you or kind of like, what did you learn from that episode? That that John Moxley first interview after WWE. I mean, it was kind of like the junior varsity version of the CM Punk. It was, uh, huh? A lot of yeah. the same stuff. Zero passion. Depression. Hating was, the environment. It was more of like when you would really, you know, we always heard about the creative bankruptcy of the WWE and, you know, he was just a case in point of someone that, you know, he would do whatever they wanted to do, but they kind of broke his spirit. It, well, you know, and, it and sound like. yeah, and he had a good run and stuff too, but it sounded like that heel turn and everything that came from that was just terrible. And you could kind of see the writing on the wall before that, but you know, it's, we all see this guy and we're thinking on our heads, like, God, it must suck to do this stuff. And then we find out it does suck when he was particularly, I think this was during that podcast when he particularly talked about, like there was that one where he came out with the gas mask and he was getting all the, the, the immunizations when he was going to um, certain towns. Remember, he no, was doing God, these people stink. Everyone stinks and everyone smells. Looking and... like kind of like Bane. And he had yeah. the Bane mask. 
and he would go and be like getting there was one even skit where he was getting a bunch of shots from a doctor well which was just funny because fast forward to now i know huh getting shots that'd be from like doctors. the hey dude you go to the south and you you can be the ultimate heel by wanting to vaccinate everyone yeah so or uh, just yourself i um, know dude i'm vaccinated man fuck you so but yeah, i remember I, seeing him do that and it see I, I i found it not i thought it was fine i thought it was entertaining at times but um to hear how like he hated every second of doing that stuff you know mm -hmm. um that was eye-opening because number one i'm like man you were doing a really good job of selling it then because you seem like you were really into it um when you were doing did his it. job did his job he did his know? job really well i thought if you're that against it and still going out there and performing it with that much feeling good for you but um just to get that you know um reaction to an actual thing rather than just a bunch of like well i didn't like certain things they were doing and i just decided to leave you actually got like in-depth examples much like you did with punk but there was no like you know challenging someone's medical <laughs> oh, you know qualifications yeah. and you know punk went a little deeper with it but he went there, very deep with it and i'm not gonna was, like take a side of the fence on that but yes he went very deep and detailed with it and and who knows what a lot of these wwe guys might say if they actually hated the company as much as cm punk did and it was four years after i mean moxley and a lot of these guys they're smart to where they know that they might end up back there one day you never know how the world works and you, there's only so much you can say. So um, the Brody Lee episode was even a junior, more junior version of that, but still enlightening nonetheless. Oh, and this was talk is Jericho. Sorry. Um, oh, so was John Moxley. But that episode was good too. More creative, stifling, talking to Vince, just trying to get plans rolling and just plans not working out. I actually loved him talking about his. Uh, what what was his partner's name? His tag team partner. I don't remember. It was. Eric Rowan, I remember him saying how weird Eric Rowan was and how he would like listen to metal music all the time and stuff and it was just a weird cat. So And it's weird that he hasn't really caught on anywhere else right now, just that dude's appearance and stuff, but um or just been back with WWE. Um yeah. I yeah, and also just the things that you would hear like particular dealings with Vince. Um like you weren't getting a lot of that um you know, on such a mainstream basis with people before. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely not. You might see an, an, you might see a interview. No, not in an interview, but you might, well, you might see a report by Meltzer, but it ain't going to mention who the guy is. You'll just hear the report, you know. Now we actually hear the people saying it. We got a few more to run, run down here and then we'll be good. Um, but we, we, if we're talking podcasts, of course, we have to mention Chant Me Up. We have to mention conrad thompson who kind of changed the game with the podcasting as well um instead of doing the wrestler thing or the news thing he got backstage people or you know interviewers and specifically like old school guys that were around in the 80s 90s and made a whole industry of these guys kind of talking him interviewing them first show was something is it something to wrestle something to wrestle with it's something remember. to wrestle with bruce pritchard but i think really he got started with uh rick flair rick right? flair yeah yeah true. and true. i know he had i know you told me he had some kind of relationship with shane douglas which jumped around and, and we know that he had um 
you know, obviously he's a mortgage guy that's probably done some mortgages for a lot of and that's people I think in the that's reg- what it was he, industry. And he got and he was a huge wrestling fan too, and so and he, he just, was a collector. And, and he I knew think, guys who knew guys, and then all yeah, of a sudden, he he collects a lot of high end uh, robes know, and shit, belts robes, and robes, boots, all that stuff. So I think you know when you when you got a lot of money to swing at stuff like that. You know that's a. a and very I'm, quick I'm guessing way. he was stacked, like because he's a mortgage guy. He already had a big house, I think, back in the day. So and he's buying all this crazy shit. So that probably got him in the door for a lot of these. That's a very easy way to get into that world is have lots of money and willing to throw it around. Yeah. <laughs> or any take any the business. wrestlers out to dinner and shit. You yeah. know. But so. not only has he have the money uh, to go and get himself into that kind of, but he also has the know-how, the knowledge, and he's a pretty dang good uh, podcast host as well. He's a good podcast host. It's kind of trippy because he's only like, a, he's like either my age or a year older. But He's he the same age as me, I think. He's 40. Is he? Okay. So he's five years older than me, but he's got a lot of knowledge, you know? You can tell he really remembers a lot of that early stuff, and he does his research way more than I do, I'll tell you that. That guy, like, he's got notes for days, which I think he hires someone to do that, of course, no, nowadays. No, I, I think maybe at first he did a lot of it at himself, first, but yeah. then he's got a team of people that do it, but he delivers it in a... He under, it's not like he just reads it off a piece of paper in terms of, like, you know, just not... Know, he knows the stuff, too. Um, it, it, and he himself is a funny dude, like, especially the podcast you turned me on to, What Happened When with Tony Schiavone. Like, him and Tony have this relationship like you and your friend at work. You just bullshit and talk shit to each other, and it's fucking hilarious, man. I'm so glad you turned me on to that. I, those guys the are best of his dicks to each other, bro. It's the it's best a, of, the, of his, uh, you know, network of podcasts. Those, that's yeah. the best one. What happened when? And what's the worst one? Bischoff, eighty-three weeks. Or is I've it Arn Anderson? Good stuff on the. No, I love Arn Anderson's actually getting really good, especially now that they're covering Arn's career. It's actually okay. been really good. Um, Maybe something I, to wrestle with has become the worst one because motherfucker runs WWE and NXT now. I stopped listening when he got the job because I knew it couldn't be legit after that. And I could tell his like. He's, his mind was in another place a lot of times, and he was unnecessarily, like, snarky at Conrad. But, um, you know, I understand why he keeps doing it. But that's the one thing is Conrad not only got in the... He found a way to, like, monetize this for not only himself, but the people he does the podcast with. Well, Conrad's a hustler, bro. Like, he'll sell... and Like, that dude can sell ice to an Eskimo. And on top of that, the dude, like, loves finding money, which ain't a bad habit to have. I mean, he what did he do? He, like, sold pieces of the ring at All In and shit like that oh, yeah. for, like, a hundred... He scrapes... He, he knows how to... He make, he loves to make money. Um, and, and he can... Away. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the dude is a hustler, and he monetized it. And I, I heard the story of the podcast, him talking about, like, we were getting so many downloads, like, we finally could make money. And they made some good money from that, and I'm sure they still are. Now they have their whole, he's got a whole surface, like ad-free whatever. Shows, ad-free shows, and there's other guys on those that I I haven't heard any of the podcasts. Like, I know he has one with Kurt Angle. I haven't listened to that one before. So he's he's definitely built his whole uh, empire Empire. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think, honestly, I think it's not as hot as it used to be with Bruce Pritchard, but I'm sure he still gets tons of downloads. 
Yeah, so. and I think the first wrestling podcast I listened to was probably Jim Ross listening around 2014 because I found that that was he a, had the, the Ross, Ross report. report on there. That was yeah. a good. That was a good one too. I I liked him. I I, lo- I loved hearing him just get on and shoot, talk. You know, he would just he had his like report literally, and he would just give his opinion on things. That was cool. That's how I heard about New Japan. Also, is him talking about Wrestle Kingdom Nine. He said he was going to be doing Wrestle Kingdom Nine with Matt Stryker, and I said, I don't know what this is, but I want to watch it. So, and I, it back I think then I was listening to that too. He was actually hired by like Global Force Wrestling, run by fucking Jeff Jarrett, who bought TNA for a minute. Anyways, that's a whole thing we're not going to get into. But uh, yeah, so there's the something to wrestle with now. Lately, the, the trend has been, I'd say the last couple of years, one of the trends has been official podcasts. Now, you know, in the 90s, WWE stopped letting reporters take pictures at events and stuff. They said, fuck it, we'll write our own magazine. You know that? And then they had WWE Magazine. So they kind of shut out all the other industries from writing about them. And they, I think they wanted to do the same thing with podcasts. Like, fuck it, we'll just do our own podcast. Have you listened to the New Day podcast or After the Bell with Corey Graves? I have never listened to them. I, maybe I should be, but I, I never listened to them. I love the New Day. You don't Corey need Graves to listen to the Corey Graves too. podcast. He uh feel like he has enough of an outlet on... Uh, there was one episode in particular where he like talked shit to his coworkers for being mad about the Saudi Arabia incident. You know, and he was like, oh, if you're really one of the boys, then you just do it and live your life. And this is shit happens. You know, I thought that was kind of bad faith. But uh, yeah, and I've never listened to a second of that one. I bet you the new days is pretty good. I've listened the to like, new day the, Edge and Christian po- the Edge and Christian podcast. I love Edge and Christian podcast. That was a good one, too. I liked that, that one. A- they were good together. Oh, Wait, you, know I mean, you can tell about- they're like best friends their whole life. And yeah, you know, what's weird about that show is that. Christian is like kind of quieter on the show and like low key, you know, he like talks like this, but then in the ring, like dudes like screaming and yelling and you know, it's crazy how much he can flip that charisma switch on. And and edge is like the nicest guy in the world, like really like comical and a funny guy and just like, just seems like a big sweetheart. But then you see his, him in the ring. Yeah. It, it is and kind of funny what good yeah. performers they are. Um, yeah, I, li- I remember great. hearing their episode with Will Ospreay, which actually wasn't that great. Cause you could tell they only had him on. Cause he was like the flavor of the week at that point. Um, but no, there's some good shows and they called bird. The better, hey bird. Hey brother. The one brother. they had with Seamus was really good. Um, Seamus. That was a good episode. Um, with Seamus, and I, I, there are some other great ones, too. Um, you know, I, I, I will mention, if we're talking about the Jericho podcast, the, my favorite Jericho podcast was the one he had with Don Callis and Kenny Omega. Mm, was this back uh, right when he had his Omega uh, Okada match? or uh, It was around the Kenny Omega match. Uh, Wrestle oh, it was Kingdom. around the Kenny Omega yeah. match at Wrestle yeah. Kingdom. I, they that probably did it in Japan. One. They I did think it I, I definitely heard that one. They did it in Winnipeg. Did, I've heard that yeah. one, but it was years ago, you know? Yeah, I, that was. So I think long. they explained the whole story of how that match came together. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great yeah. episode. And, um, he has a great yeah. one with Jetto, Jetto and, uh, Ghetto and Jotto as well, which is, I think, the only American podcast interview I you're going to hear that with one Ghetto. Too. And, he, and he had a really good one with the Young Bucks 
um, mm. for like three or four years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, d- dude, you know he he's a great interviewer as well. I mean, he is. He doesn't yeah. do his whole like uh, wow, wow, what's going on? Like thing he does. He just talks like a normal dude, and uh, it's and he's 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 kind of funny too. I don't really love the Duff McKagan joke of the week, but um. Uh, he's yeah. got his little dad stuff in there, you know, and like I said, you start hearing the kind of things he does. Like, I'm not going to listen to the episode you had with, you know, the fuck. Donald it's Trump it's like, oh, someone was killed by this magical, well, the you know, portal stuff, yeah. back in. And then we have the top reporter. It's like, what the fuck? I bet you those episodes get fucking minimal downloads compared or to they get they get a lot. I don't think he would do them if they didn't be honest i think he would i think he's he got enough some, money he, to do whatever the fuck he wants because whoever those you know fans of those people are probably going to go to that and he's going to get these you know uh new audience disposable but new audiences <laughs> thank god he hasn't gone full week. out with the anti-vax on his podcast he's probably it's hard for him not to but he probably does uh before we get out of here i want to ask you what are bad podcasts wrestling podcasts have you heard a wrestling podcast where you're like this is shit no, but I do want to mention something after bad wrestling podcasts because, okay, bad wrestling, not really. I mean, there's some that I just won't listen to anymore. I, I wouldn't say that overall it's a bad podcast, but I've heard bad episodes that like I don't I, really I, remember. I've heard the Ric Flair podcast was terrible. I heard he would uh, eat during it and all that stuff, but I really... Drink. Because, you know, it took me a while to get used to Conrad's voice. I know you said Maybe you're like I'm from California, so I'm not used to hearing people talk like that. I'm like, what? Not, not, no, 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 not. It, it, it was. It's very. Not. What's the word I'm looking for? Like xenophobic. Yeah, in a way. Like I, I, but I got over it, and now I have a fond. There's, there is stereotypes and stuff like yeah, that, you know. But, but when you, know, when you hear it enough, person. you're like, you're like, ah, it's he's just I'm another better, person. I'm a better person now, and uh, it wasn't. It's, it's not annoying, and I love it actually. Um, but the one aspect, I really hate how this is playing off of the idea of bad. Well, let me ask you first, because my mm-hmm. thing is completely different. It's not has nothing to do with being a bo- bad podcast at all. It's actually complete opposite. But yeah. have you, is there some podcast that you listen to? Like, oh, my God, not just an episode being bad, but just an overall. I know we've kind of hinted a little bit out of like Jim Cornette. And yeah, I actually I, like Jim Cornette nowadays as long as he's not talking about AEW for the most part. Or if, if he's not talking about AEW, he's he's awesome. Um, I've got I haven't listened to him in a while because you know there's just some times where he just gets you, he just gets mad to get mad, and I think that's his yeah. gimmick. But um, especially if it involves the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega. But just to hear his old stories, I used to used to listen listen to the drive through a lot because I just loved hearing yep. old stories that he and he's a great storyteller. That's what I'm um, saying. His his episode with about the death, actually, and I'll recommend this. His episode about Bobby Lee uh, Eaton, Bobby Eaton. I heard. I'm it not was joking. Great, yeah. I cried, bro, and I'm talking. I cried of laughing and I cried of sadness. It that episode. Whoa, I mean, and the ending is just Jim Cornette crying, and then it just cuts off. It was intense, man. So uh, go listen to that yeah. one, guys. But but yeah, there's ups and downs with him for sure. But um, 
his contributions and he's another guy that found a way to monetize himself off of that as well which um, may be changing because he said his website is having issues and he says he's so sick fed up of it he might just quit selling shit yeah i think he's got enough money i think he's well off he's, he's a collectible to guy too right because he's got like tons yeah I think but he's i think he, he he's from money too so he's he's True. got everything yeah um that was part of the gimmick back in the day yeah but i will say that the thing about wrestling podcast is people like us hopefully we'll get a you know a little bit more of that but there's been just average people that have started wrestling podcast that have developed their own communities uh mm-hmm. connected with others and actually some that have monetized off of it just people like us sitting in our bedrooms uh doing a podcast on their night off and one um, of my one of my favorites is the voices of wrestling they've been around for 10 years now and they've created a whole network of pretty good podcasts as well and those are two guys joe and rich that you know they were doing something for fun and back then back in the day i guess it was all raw and smackdown reviews right and they did that and then they got an interview with the wrestler and boom they they you know they got bigger and there's been a lot of that i mean you could name you know if we just sat here we could just name one after another of these podcasts and a lot of them have helped me out with what i'm doing with my art um in particular um the chick foley podcast um oh yeah i know you like that one yeah they're a husband and wife team um, and then there's they have another guy that uh, Marco that does it with them too, and they're a real hardcore WWE and um, although AEW. they did a lot of fu- uh, they do AEW but they do mostly do WWE but they do a lot of action figure stuff too. Yeah, they're they're they collectible, lo- and collectible they have a people. nice good format to the show where it's broken down into segments and all that, and they have a real interactive community, awesome. and they have a little bit of a Patreon and stuff, and they're real just good people that. I can message them and all that stuff, and it's just they've been a really good supporters of my artwork and shared it with a lot of people. And awesome. these are just people like you and I that just decided one day we're going to do a wrestling podcast, and they've gotten like their own little spot in this world. And another podcast I listen to that's kind of like this is called uh, This is one I highly recommend to you as well, and just because mm-hmm. they love New Japan too, um, which is the We Watch Wrestling podcast. Yeah, you have recommended that one to me. I really want you to start listening to that because I, I I think it's like I love their they're basically um, it's hosted by Vince Averill, who's like kind of a guy that he has like uh, he's in the music world a little bit. He's also done a little stand up comedy, but he's out here mm-hmm. in L.A. And it's also co-hosted by Matt McCarthy, who is a former. Okay, w- yeah, I know him. I know Matt McCarthy. Yeah, yep. Matt Writer. McCarthy's really funny guy, and he is funny um, guy, and he does stand up and stuff too. He does stand up and used to be a WWE writer, creative team. He's been on like Conan and stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. And they do a weekly show and they love New Japan. Awesome. And Vince Averill in particular is a huge Tanahashi fan. And these are all guys that just decide that we're going to start a wrestling podcast. I know, you know, Matt was a writer and stuff and that was kind of a hook to get him started. Um, but well, for a while, he's an actually, artist like you and I are artists. <laughs> yeah. Um, Three or four years ago, I think maybe two years ago, he's been off the show. But for a while, it started with this guy named Tom Sibley, who was also a comedian. But he had no, um, he wasn't a wrestling fan. And they would bring him on and and they would drag him to shows and stuff like that. um, And just get his reaction out of it. And he was really funny, too. But then eventually, I think he got sick of going to a bunch of wrestling shows and he quit the podcast. And it's just Mm. Matt and Vince now. But um, I would definitely listen to them because... 
I just like the vibe they have, and and they're funny, yeah. and they have they have a good interactive community. But you know, these are not people with that are you know necessarily in the business, especially with the Chick Foley show. With this is just like a husband and wife that decided mm-hmm. they want to do a podcast, and they got this following, and it's just giving people like us a way to like. And there's another one too. There's this. Uh, he's starting to get a lot of steam too. This guy that I interact with a lot, all because of my art account, is this guy named Kenneth Dinkins, who um, mm-hmm. he's he's has something called the Call Up, and he's been doing this podcast about the same time I'm doing the account, and he's starting to get some legit guests. Like he had Kyle O'Reilly, he had Chris Van Valet, and numerous others. I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, what's her name? Mickey James. He's just been mm-hmm. doing a podcast for like a year, and he's getting people like this it's unbelievable so these are all people that invest a little bit of money and some equipment and then they just grind it out and they can do it all from their home and that's an amazing thing that podcasting is allowed that is it is an amazing thing it's it's allowed people like you and i that are normal fans that don't have the resources to go out and write a newsletter and we can sit here and talk and entertain people and we hope that you listening if you made it this far which you are if you're listening um, that, you know, Justin and I hope that we can be your go-to as well. We want to make this show, uh, this show, we'd love to create a community with this show. So that's oh, why that we... Be great, man. Um, the first thing for me, though, is the therapeutic value of just having someone in my life that I could just talk wrestling. Don't have a... I mean, I have some of those people, just not, they're not as easily... No, and we can do happen, it in so. we can do it long form too, you know, and that's what this is for. We do it's not one of those awkward situations where you're having a five minute conversation, then you got to get going, you got to get back to work or whatever. We do our thing and uh, we do it for fun, man. It is fun to get out here and talk about what we love, uh, especially since we're both pretty hardcore, and the hardcore fans are kind of hard to come by uh, on the street. But um, yeah, man, it, it's exciting that people have done those things. Um, we, t- you know, there is actually a rep- podcast called Bad Wrestling Podcast. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, I was listening to it like a year ago, and then they started talking about the New Japan rap while I was listening to it. So I hit those guys up, and I did a rap for them. So yeah, so they're, they're pre- and they just talk about they just talk about bad wrestling, bro. You know what I mean? They they love. Uh, oh, who is that jobber tag team from NXT that were actually the champions? The the Ascension. They talk about those guys and uh, the vampire wrestlers, all that good stuff. The brood. Now, another one I want to mention, too. Gangrel. Is a good one. Yeah, there are voices of wrestling, um, you know, podcasts. I love the Super J-Cast. I've been listening to that for, I don't know, a year and time. a half, two years now. And they're another one where it's just, I love the fact that there's a guy in New England and a guy in New Jersey that just get together every week and talk wrestling. How cool is that? A guy in Pennsylvania. A, Pennsylvania. Guy in New, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, New, New Jersey, Jersey slash Pennsylvania. New Jersey and Thailand, right? Yep. That get together a British once guy. a week. British guy. I mean, it's just, how cool is that? Um, it's cool, and man. Really, and that's that show's been going for quite a while, too. I... I loved the uh the what was it called it wasn't the super j cast it was the whatever cast before that the puro cast and uh that damon is just so such a funny motherfucker that dude cracks me up and so it's cool that they kept that His show voice going for reminds sure. me a little bit of howard stern <laughs> i could i could hear that they're both northeastern guys so yeah. 
Um, but I, I that that sh- that show's great and uh, it's pretty funny too. They're I think they're kind of struggling right now because they talk New Japan and New Japan's so cold right now. But and they and and they I I even you know I message you know Joel occasionally on the Super J casting and you know with stuff I can tell you and um, they're pretty interactive with their audience too. I think sometimes they <laughs> but it's all in good fun. They like I love the fact that they can kind of be deprecating to their audience a little bit but it's all in good fun and good nature yeah and uh it's kind of fun and at times they get a little gatekeepery uh for me but it's very rarely and usually it's in a charming way well you know i uh i have a good relationship with the guys i've talked to joel and damon um damon much harder to talk to than joel but uh because you have to go on discord and he doesn't answer half the time but, you know, I've been featured on the show. I did their best of. Yeah, offer. right. You did. And then I, uh, they uh, also featured the New Japan Rap on the show a couple times in the past. And uh, I'm, I've been mentioned. So love those guys. And uh, definitely spent a whole year working on that best of. So I'm glad that Joel and I, Joel finally used it, which I was kind of mad because they weren't using it. And I told him, I said, Joel, please just use it or don't. You know, I asked him more nicely than that. But uh, shout outs to Super J Cast. So they, they, uh, they're cool guys. And the Voices of Wrestling in general, they've got one for everything Dragon Gate. They've got a Joshi podcast. They've got an NXT show. They've got, yeah. So maybe they'll have they a wrestling a- and as well one day. Uh, i would love for that uh peoples if you're listening let's just I, i'm just oh yeah we all that have would, a price that would be a lot great. lower than you think <laughs> that? that would be great so yeah there, there's hey but real quick though i think wade keller is no good anymore i think he's bad um i think that any s not sam like i think he's bad to be honest um i think any a podcaster that can't be completely honest about their opinion or has to like make WWE seem better or, you know, who can't, if a podcaster can't be like brutally honest, it's hard for me to like, if something was terrible and they can't call it terrible, it's hard for me to respect the podcaster. You know, it's funny because I haven't listened to Sam for a long time, but I do understand what you're saying about him. Um, I mean, he works for WWE, dude. Even even somebody like Peter Rosenberg with GP. Peter um, Rosenberg. Yeah, he's he, the same he's, boat. Yeah, but I think I feel like he's a little more honest. Yeah, like, I just I've, but, I've but those him, guys can't say fuck WWE. Too. They can't yeah. say I would love well, to course. see Kevin Owens go to AEW and stuff like that. These, so these I can't trust guys, them. These aren't contracted guys. At least. I know Peter Rosenberg is, and I've I've seen I've heard even this week I listened to Pete Rosenberg, and Peter Rosenberg like works with WWE often. He does. His co-host Stack Guy Greg is way more of a WWE humor Homer than um, Pete is. Yeah, and they I do talk like, AEW right, but they don't they talk like week, yeah. Noah at all. Oh no no, they, no, they just they talk really American talk. American stuff. They probably American didn't even talk about yeah. New Japan Resurgence. No, not a second. Yeah, so it's but just that's like the thing. It, not everybody like you can't expect that. At first, I would get upset, like, man, you guys should really talk more New Japan. But you know what? Not everyone is 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 is, is has the the gift and the privilege that we have to be New Japan fans. Well, so nowadays, for ten dollars a month, man, I don't think there's an excuse. And although New Japan is not the best wrestling in the world right now, I mean, for me and you. 
I think that you and I are going to be talking about the best wrestling in the world at any time. You know, if Noah, if the N1 show ends up being amazing, we're going to be talking Noah next week. I mean, you know, it's true because we're both going to watch the the New Japan product. If you get like a lifetime WWE fan that has been following it since the late 90s, the way that New Japan presents the product might not be something that they have the patience or the time I, for. I could see that being a bad taste if you're used to... It's a different product. It's, it, is a, you know, it, is, it is a uh, different product. It's, it's presented different quite differently. It's a different it, like booking philosophy. It's a different way they order their matches. There's no big angles for most shows. I think uh, we hinted at it in another episode, but you asked me what my favorite cheese was. And <laughs> Gruyere is, you don't like Gruyere. Uh, uh, New Japan is a kind of a fancy high-end cheese, and you know what? Some people just want a piece of mild as opposed to that American, Amer- cheese. American cheese that yeah, WWE. Right. What does that so, make AEW like a baby Swiss kind of? I don't know, but I'm just saying that some people <laughs> just because something's the best and the finest, it doesn't mean that someone's gonna like it. It's like oh, I, you know, I, it's too, I, too, like I don't I, like fancy cheeses. That could be someone on the other end with the wrestling, and uh, you know they feel the same way I feel about fancy cheeses about New Japan Pro Wrestling or whatever. I don't know. Teach that's them. true, man, and it, it it's like most art, right? Like there's the stuff that's made for the masses, and then there's that's usually not the highest quality. But uh, there have been times when WWE that had is a, the an excellent, stuff, excellent so. point. Like. You know, WWE or whatever. The it's the Michael Bay movie, here. bro. It's the Michael Bay movie it with the huge explosions. Makes millions of dollars. As opposed to the independent film that, that is wins New Japan. Best picture. That wins Best Picture, wins all the awards. And, um, but then no so. one goes to see and no one gets off of the red but, box. Or, but you know. hey, let's say this, man. AEW is kind of bridging that gap, right? We have American popularity, which is cool, and high quality wrestling. So And it's only going to help New Japan in the long run especially at this pace yes especially when uh well the pandemic's never going to end but eventually they're going to have to allow clap crowds so i mean or they're going to have to allow vocals they'll have to they're not going to do clap crowds for the rest of eternity yeah i I think even the japanese people are going to get impatient with it yeah i i think so too man so but you know we'll see what happens man that I about sums it up for podcasts. Is there anything else you wanted to add, man? We got the I giveaway. Think that's it. Uh, yeah, I got the giveaway. Can you show so that like one said, more time? Let me Just get it for out the, right for now. the video. He's pulling it out, and he's got the beautiful Finn Balor demon with the black right and red and the headdress. Right oh, there. Oh, with the tongue hanging out. All. We know that you have a, a fear of people that wear masks and contacts and paint their face, right? Don't you? No. Cause, yeah, because um, you said Pentagon and uh, El Desperado scare the fuck out of you. No, no, no. I just said that they're a stunning visual. Uh, when you see a photo of the, the, the visual of their face in a mask with the contacts, is cool. It is a stunning. Do you think the, yeah. the demon has that? Yes. I, I can do. tell from that picture. So this is this is the demon. Uh, I will send this and ship it. It won't cost you a penny. Um, you don't have to claim it on your taxes because it's not that much. Oh. And, um, 
Cool. You will have a free in-ring art piece, original. No prints from this dude right here. This is all original. In-ring art, wrestling and podcast um, print just from take Justin. A, a sc- if you made it all the way through, you probably heard this, but just um, screenshot it. That have you listening to the show on whatever platform you use. Um, and DM me on Instagram or Twitter at, at art. Fuck, and I was thinking we would take five-star reviews, too. But uh, right five now... Five-star reviews. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about those. Yes, do those, too. We should reviews. say at the beginning of shows. You don't say that an hour and a half into the you show. You know what? The five-star review, actually... We'll talk about this later, but that actually does not make you go to the top of the list. But we'll talk about well, that Well, what later. it does is I think it that's when you get into the game of uh, you know getting advertisers if they see that you have a highly rated show, I guess. I, don't I, 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 I could see that for sure. Well, we... Right now are at no stars because no one's voted for us yet, I don't think. So I'll have to check. But we need to be five stars. So hit us up with the new uh, Super J Cast Five Snake reviews. And yeah, unless you got anything else, Justin, we're going to send this one home. All right. Let's get out of here, man. Tomorrow, the NFL season opens. Oh, shit. NFL starting the world change. did Thursday, technically. But Raw yeah. ratings going down. So <laughs> all right, y'all. Have a great one. And we will see you later.